beloved Brother Brown. Thank you, Brother Parker. It's a privilege to be here. I'm sorry that I was a little late, but very serious case of sickness just behind the curtain. I was ministering to the little baby. And uh, so glad to be here again tonight, and I trust that I won't keep you like I did last evening. I kept you so long, and, and I went home, and I kind of felt, or went to my motel, and kind of felt bad about when I seen what time it was. I was speaking here for about an hour and 45 minutes. And, of course, that, that's a short one for me. The other day I spoke six hours. <laughs> See, if a fella knows a whole lot, he don't have to talk so long, but when you don't know so much, you just have to fill in, you know, I guess. And the, I just wait on him, and, and when I feel like he gives me something to say, well, then I, I say it, and I just kind of stumble along until then. I was trying to speak last night about reasoning. Uh, not when anything reasons against God's word. I don't mean reason, just any reasoning, because Paul reasoned with the people in trouble today. People just take anything that comes along and don't reason it out with the Scripture, but when it's, uh, it's reasoning against God's word, and stay away from it. That's the end. But when it's reasoning with God's word, that's God. That's the right, the two reasonings. So we believe in reasoning with the word. Believe that the word is right. Now you cannot uh, scientifically prove the word because it, and you never will, because it's so contrary to science. If it's scientifically proven, then it isn't any more faith. You've got to have faith, and faith is contrary to scientific proving. So you must believe it, not prove it, believe it. <laughs> Some time ago I was talking to a man as a Toronto candidate who was having a great meeting there. The Lord was blessing in such a marvelous way, and I was across uh, in, uh, it wasn't at uh, Toronto, now I'll take that back, I forget the name of other place in Canada. We were having the meeting, and I'll pick it up in a few minutes. <laughs> Travel so much that I can't think of the names of the place sometimes. And it's um, right across from Detroit. <laughs> uh, what's the name? Windsor. Correct me. Windsor, Ontario. And there was a had a television set sitting on the street, some kind of a screen of type, and there was a cowboy there playing, strumming on a guitar over broadcasting from the United States. And um, the man come out and was talking to me, said, I'd like to tell you that. I said, no, sir. He just passed and I said, I don't believe I want it. And um, he said, um, well, I'll make it to you real cheap. And I thought, I'll explain it to him. I said, I'm a, a tourist. And I said, I'm Oh, I said, you're just passing through, I suppose. I said, no, I'm down here in a motel. And I said, uh, I'm just here for a few days. He said, you're not with that meeting over there. I said, yes, sir. He said, um, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but said, you're listening to a quack. <laughs> and I said, oh. <laughs> that, that's true. I said, you think so? And he said, yes, sir. And he said, I do. And I said, well... Why would you draw an opinion of 
that? And he said, well, because the man's talking about something and he doesn't know nothing about. And I said, what do you mean? Well, he said, for instance, last night, that soldier there that had been in the army and laying on this cot and is supposed to be paralyzed, he said, I got up and walked around there, so that was just as an act. So that man knew the man all the time. He said, he's just laying there acting like that. I said, why didn't you go to the man that was on the cot and check up and see who he was? Where he come from? You were real deeply interested. Don't you think you should have done that? He said, well, here's the whole thing. He said, I'm trying to discourage you. I said, oh, you won't. So he said, uh, he said I, I think that I believe in science. I said, so do I. He said, well, anything that cannot be scientifically proven is not right. I said, I don't mean to be different, but I just say that's vice versa. Anything he said is not real. And I said, anything that can be scientifically proved is not real. And I said, it's the things that cannot be scientifically proved that's lasting and real. Oh, he said, that's wrong. And, um, and I, he said, look here what science has done. First, he said this. He said, well, he said, I do not believe. And I said, well, I want to ask you something. Are you a married man? He said, I am. I said, you love your wife? He said, I, I certainly do. I said, so am I. I appreciate that. But am I doing it? Oh, all right now. I'm sorry. I, I can't tell it here. You see, so. so they said, um, said if you, uh, anything you cannot scientifically prove is wrong. I said, well, now you love your wife different than any other woman. Yeah, I said, what is that? Got children, what makes them children different from any other children? And when he had talking just a few moments and he said, well, he said, now, for instance, this. He said, you see, there's not a wire around it anywhere. I said, that's right. And there's a great thing. I said, now, here it is, that man's over in the United States. And without a wire or anything connected to it, to the United States, through a, a wave some kind of electronic wave or whatever it is, brings that man's picture here just as perfect and reflects it on there. He said, he just said he couldn't understand how that discernment, said, I think it's just a put-up piece of business. I said, oh. So I said, now, that's not a put-up piece of business. You wouldn't say that. I said, because it's absolutely there's a wave coming through here and we're taught that that same picture's coming right through us. And that's the messages and that songs and everything's going right through us. But then it's hitting a certain crystal or something in there that's a, or a tube that can reflect that picture in the picture of the man that's traveling through the ether waves of the air. We don't know where it comes from, but just, we know where it comes from, but I said, we can't see it. And it passes through and reflects it there. I said, that's the way God. I said, that's how, uh, that fellow knows those things. I said, see, God, see, sends the, the ether way down, and I said, it might pass through thousands and millions of people until it comes to that spot, and then it reflects it. And so he, he said, um, oh, he said, that's all right, but said, look, see, we've got a sanding station. 
We've got a standing station that stands out. I said, so have we. <laughs> we got a standing station. Amen. A standing station and a receiving station. Amen. So he, he's still our Heavenly Father. We love him because that he loved us first and sent Jesus Christ that he might die in our stead that he, we might be the righteousness of God through Christ. So glad. Those visions sometimes are, they kind of stumble people, they don't understand. Sometimes people think it just goes on only right here in the meeting. Oh my, this is the little part of it. It's out there's where it really happened. The day I was sitting in the room, we had a, usually Friday's a fast day for me. I don't eat on sometimes Tuesdays and Fridays, so sometimes in the afternoon, just a little, that's not a regular fast, that's just a couple days a week to fast. So long fast comes in more days when this Lord puts it up on him. But that's just in respect and honor of God's great memorial to us, the fasting, the command. And so uh, after three o'clock, usually I have a little something light. Somebody told me where you could buy a little steak down the road here for about 90 cents, just about right, or you could eat. Uh, and preaching and these things, they have to keep coming emptied up. So. We were planning on going down there, and my son and my nephew wondered why we didn't go down there, but we turned and went to another restaurant. And then, sitting in there, I noticed in a few moments we were talking, and some people were there. There's always grand to meet my friends, you know, and talk with them. And so I shook hands with some of the folks. In a few moments, two ladies came in. The Holy Spirit said, the one with the white hat on. Moved around, never seen him in my life. And strange, when one woman was going to sit like this, she turned around and was facing right at me. That's great. Knowing just nothing happens by chance. So she's looking right at me. Strange, my own son, who stood with me here on the platform for years, but he asked me a question, something about the great millennium or something. And Oh, I said, Billy, I, I don't understand those things. I said, I just got my ideas about them. I said, I don't teach them because I, I might be a million miles wrong. And see, I said, I just got my ideas. And he said, well, I'd like to know about this and something other. And then all of a sudden, he didn't catch it. And he doesn't know what I'm saying about me saying this now if he's present. But if Charlie and Billy is close, did you notice, Charlie, all at once, Billy changed to grace right quick. About the grace of God, he he didn't realize at that minute uh, the Lord had given contact with that woman's spirit. There she was. She wasn't too sure it was me because she had only seen me last evening. I thought, Lord, I see the woman, the condition she's in, and what's happened. Oh, maybe she's with the meeting. I knew she needed help. Just then, like we finished our dinner, some. Before fishing, some sweet little sister from town somewhere come along and paid for my dinner. So then she and her husband and children. So then I got up to go pay for the dinner, and I guess Billy and Charlie noticed I let them go on because I knew the lady was coming somewhere because I knew she was behind me. A few moments she spoke to me. There I was able to tell the lady just what had happened what had taken place, and not by chance, but that 
was the beginning for her healing. Long years ago, she was a woman, I suppose, around close to sixty or something. And in the time of menopause, she'd gotten extremely nervous, and she wasn't able to pull from it. And she said, I only heard you once to come from way away. As last night, she said that remark you made about breaking through that sound barrier so he could get free. She said, all day I've struggled at that sound barrier. I said, don't struggle no more. It's over now. Go through it. And I said, the um, sound barrier is the barrier between faith and disbelief. When you get beyond that unbelief of the shadow of doubt, you're free then. And the lady had, during that time, she got how menopause sometimes, especially either coming in or going out, makes the people so nervous. And she had never been able to pull through that. The woman thinks sometimes that she's lost and she goes off. And she's a Pentecostal believer, I think so, but the lady is wearing makeup, short hair, everything, but the reason she did that, she was trying to shake from that, see, trying to shake away that horrible feeling. And we just got talking about, see, that's how Billy don't know now, and I'm saying this to Charlie, that was what grace, the reason you were feeling that Billy talking like a blue streak, you know, grace, how, how comes it, this, and how comes that, and how, uh, you know, so and so, I said, it's the grace of God. Those who he foreknew, he called. Those who he called, he justified. Those who he justified, he glorified already. It's all God. And that was it. And she don't have to worry about that. She was trying to shake from that thing. She'd go out and she'd do this and do that, trying to get away from it. But the day that poor little woman struck the key, she get all right now. And she may be here tonight. I don't know how she might have went home. But she might be here yet tonight in the meeting. But this goes to show that how the grace of God will do things. It's, it's exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could do or think. It's wonderful. Now, tomorrow morning is breakfast. Now, I asked Brother Parker if I was to speak at that breakfast and try to get away from it. But he said, no, and I was supposed to say a few words. And then tomorrow night, I want to try, the Lord willing, to preach, to bring a little message. And I don't think I'll try again like last night because I felt real bad sitting here before teachers and renowned teachers who know theologians like Dr. Lee Vale and all these other brothers here who I know, my graduates and so forth, that have studied the Bible and trained in that, and me stand here trying to bring a message of that type. I thought I'd come to pray for Brother Parker's six children. <laughs> I better stay on that line. So we are here to help. Now tonight, I I want to try to speak and read some scriptures so that we won't take me too long, about 30 minutes or something. Then I want to pray for you sick people tonight. Just believe. Now anybody knows. That human beings can't do these things. It's impossible. Amen. And it's got to be the Spirit of God. And so we, the only thing we can do is pray for the sick. I can't heal anyone because you're already healed. If anybody tells you that they can heal you, that's wrong. See? If anybody tells you they can save you, that's wrong. You're all saved anyhow. See? You already think you have to just accept it. 
you accept what Jesus did for you. He was wounded for your transgressions with his stripes. You were healed. You were healed. It's already past tense. The only thing you have to do is accept what he done for you. That's all. And you're under the blood. Every one of you, or God would destroy the whole thing. You're still under the blood as long as there's a bloody sacrifice laying there for our sin. And then one day, when you leave this world without accepting that sacrifice, then you stand for your own sin. And you're condemned. You're already speaking. So you can't stand. And your healing is just God makes such a beautiful way. See, faith cometh by hearing. Preach divine healing. Believe it. Accept it. That, if that would be me, that's the way I'd do it. You couldn't believe my word? All right. And you'd be the same way by anyone else, but not God. As he sends his word, then he puts in the church different gifts and things to, just to try to get it to the people. That he's so loving and full of kindness. Let us turn now in the book of St. Matthew, the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 15th chapter, 21st to the 28th verse. St. Matthew, the 15th uh, chapter, the 21st to the 28th verse. Listen closely the reading of the word. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Let us just bow our heads now while we talk to the author of this word. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are now approaching thy holy sanctuary in the name of the Lord Jesus. And it's all sufficient. All that we have need, because he said, if you ask the Father anything in my name, I'll do it. Therefore, we cannot come in our own name, or the name of a church, or any congregation, or any nation or race. We just come simply in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we know that you hear us. Because he said you would. We're not asking tonight to stand at the throne of thy judgment. For we would be condemned. But we are asking to stand at the throne of mercy. To which we all seek refuge. 
Now, Lord, I realize the tremendous weight of the meeting and how that it must have poured from you this virtue as you looked upon the multitude of sick, lame, halt, blind, as you stood at the pool of Bethesda and seen that great multitude. Yet, there was just one man that you were led to. And you said, you knew he had been that way a long time, and you really are asking to accept it. And then the question you said, Verily I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing. Lord, won't you show us the will of God tonight for this thick, waiting multitude? We are waiting the moving of the water that the sick might get in and be made whole. I pray thee, God, forgive our sin of unbelief. Long as we have been following thee, and we confess, Lord, that we are way short of the requirements as ministers and as Christians. So be merciful to us, O merciful God. And as a man cried one day with a boy with epilepsy, said, Lord, help my unbelief. We cry to thee tonight, Lord, after we read the promises of this precious Bible and see what could be done, then we cry, help our unbelief. Send the presence of the Lord Jesus in our midst tonight as we speak on the Word. And may the Word become flesh in our spirit. Catch it. Believe it. May we see the returning, approaching of the Lord Jesus as He promised as the days are drawing out now into minutes and hours. Or maybe hours and minutes. And we don't know just how close we are, Lord, but we see things are getting, looking right. So help us tonight. We present the word to you tonight, Father, that you have blessed, get honor to thy name. To which name we ask it in the Lord Jesus and for his glory. Amen. I would try to draw from this little text tonight, or this scripture, for just a few moments, on the subject, or a word called perseverance. I draw that from the verses that I have just read. Perseverance. is to make a goal be persistent. I like the word, and it very fitly to the church of this day, or it should be. 
that the church should be perseverant. Man of all ages that has faith in what they're trying to achieve has been perseverant. No matter what you're trying to do, you've got to believe in what you're doing. A man once said to me, a doctor, he said, oh, I believe, Brother Branham, if, if the people would believe that they could go out and touch that tree and it would be healed, I believe it would happen. I said, but my precious brother, man can't have faith in touching that tree. Faith has got to be based on something. And therefore, when a person can base their faith upon the Word of God, then you can be persevering. Because it's the Word of God. As the old brother said, colored brother down in the southern states, he said he would rather be standing on the Word than in heaven. And someone asked him why. He said, because both heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word shall not. So that's right, standing on the Word. Then you can have something not what someone else said, what some school taught, what some minister said, what some doctor said, but it's thus saith the law. Then you can hold on. And anybody doing anything... If they're trying to achieve something, they must first have faith to believe it. Like the father of our nation is called our first president, George Washington, just up the coast a little bit. When I was reading here a few years ago about Washington, I'd seen him where they had that coat that the bullet went through. And we're told that the night before Valley Forge, when he crossed the river, praying all night, till his thumb above his hips was wet, where he knelt in the snow. He was seeking the will of God, because the opposition looked great. The Delaware was full of ice. About a half of American soldiers had shoes on their feet. It looked like he was crippled, but he sought refuge in God. And the next day he crossed Valley Forge. He was perseverant. Bullets went through his coat and never touched him. He was trying to achieve something. So he sought God and got the answer. Then he could be perseverant. That's what we do. You must first find the will of God before you can do the will of God. You must first know what His will is in the matter. And then don't turn it loose. And as the lady said today, she was trying to get beyond that sound barrier. Then the plane just sticks up speed and goes on unlimited. When it passes the sound barrier. Well, when you can pray until you pass the doubt barrier, then you're running free. 
You can go on. And then you're, there's nothing can bother you then. Because you're running free, you're past the unbelief. Done been settled. It's all over. When you get the assurance in your heart that it's going to be that way, you're just as happy as if it had already happened. For instance, perhaps a loaf of bread, if I was starving, and a loaf of bread would save my life, and I would ask for the bread, and some man would give me 25 cents, and that's the purchase price of a loaf of bread. I can be just as happy holding the 25 cents in my hand as I can with a loaf of bread. Because it's the purchasing power. Amen. Amen. I've, I've got it. I haven't got the bread, but I've got the purchasing power. Well, that's faith. When you can pray until you've got the shirt. You can be just as happy if the cancer's gone. Shout just as loud because you got the purchase power, the faith that moves the thing. Then you're perseverance. No one can tell you anything different. Doesn't matter what anyone says then, you've done crossed over the sound barrier. You're free then. Purchasing. And being persistent. Noah, as we talked on him last night or about him, when he heard the voice of God speak to him and told him of the oncoming judgment, after he heard the voice of God give the, the witness to him what was going to happen and constructed him, or instructed him rather, pardon me, on what to do, he was very persevering. Coffers had nothing. No matter how many ecclesiastics stood up and said, Noah, you're wrong. He pressed right on. He built the ark anyhow. Coffers could have come around by the thousands. Said, look at the old fogey. Look at him. The science could have stood there and said, Noah, looky here, fella. We love you, but you've lost your mind. We've got an instrument here that can shoot all the way to the moon. And we can prove that there's no rain or water between here and there that would drown the earth. Look at this instrument. It'll prove it. Noah would have might have said something like this. I don't care what your instrument says. You're looking at that instrument. I'm looking to God and what He promised. That sin depends on what you're looking at, where your faith is. Now, the instrument declares it. That's all the farther you can go if your faith is in the instrument. Like a precious old brother, I was called about 15 years ago to pray for a boy dying with this black diphtheria. He had heart trouble. And they took the partogram and it showed that his heart was weighed down. I forget what the beat was, but he was going. The old mother and dad called me from the meeting and they sat on the steps for two or three days 
and said, if you don't come. And I said, well, get someone. He said, that. I said, God's got his man everywhere. He said, but Brother Branham said, you don't understand. I said, can I explain it? I said, I'll try to understand it. And I said, I'm tired and it's not right for me to go one place if I cannot go another. He said, but I said, unless the Holy Spirit would tell me to go. He said, but look. He said, we've been in that meeting for a week. Then we know that it's impossible for our own people in our neighborhood to sit in that meeting of different denominational churches. And the Holy Spirit has told them exactly what to do and how to do it from the platform. And it's been exactly what the Spirit said. He said, Brother Branham, we know that you could not do that, that it has to come from God. So therefore, you'll come and pray for my boy. The old dad said, he'll get well. Well, he was persevering. Very persistent. So I got my coat and took off. Went to the hospital and the doctor met me and he Said, I wouldn't bother him. Said a boy might die at any minute. And the doctor belonged to another denomination of church. Because I questioned him, I said, But sir, the, the boy is dying. I said, Are you a Christian? He said, He belonged to another church of certain denomination. I said, Well, if you're a priest, would come, and that boy belonged to the same denomination that you do. And that priest wanted to give him the last rite. Would you let that priest go? He said, certainly. I said, but if this father believe that just as much if I can pray for that boy, he'll get well, as you believe the boy be saved if the priest give him the last rite. I had to be a little persistent, too. So he let me in. The little nurse turned up her little nose and went back. So we knelt across the bed. The boy's unconscious. So I put my hands up on the boy and prayed just a few words of prayer. And I said, Father God, I do not understand, but this poor old man is crying out. And he asked me to come here. And the only thing I know to do is ask him. And I said, I pray that you'll spare the boy's life in the name of the Lord Jesus and got up. And the old father turned around to the mother, put his arms around her neck, and they began to hug one another and wipe the tears from their eyes and say, isn't it wonderful, mother? And I looked and that little nurse turned her head and looked and said, think of it, Bob's going to be well. Oh, we praise the Lord, they said. And the little nurse, they reached across the boy and shut my hands and said, Thank you, Brother Branham, for obeying the Lord to come pray the prayer of faith for our boy. I never said no more than the prayer. And then the nurse said, Sir, I don't believe you understand. He said, Oh, yes, I do. He said, You claim you love the boy. He said, Certainly we love the boy. What well, said, You see. 
He said, she said, how can you act like that when the boy is dying? So now, in all medical history, when this certain thing, I don't know what it was, instrument, goes down that low, the boy cannot pump back again. And said, you see, the boy could die at any minute. His heart's only beating, I forget what his respiration is, very bad. And his heart was so bad, he had open valves and everything in it. And one of the valves was blocked or something, and said he, he's unconscious now. He's even too weak to know anything. And said, then you can stand there and laugh and carry on like that. She didn't know what kind of carrying on that was. And say, act like that in your son dying. And the old gentleman, I'll never forget him. He turned and put his hand as a father up on the little lady's shoulders who was about 18 years old. Little snickel fricks, you know, you know, little Annie. And said, listen, honey. Said, you know, you are looking at that instrument. See? And said, that's all you know about. But said, I'm looking to a promise in the Word of God. Or he said, the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and that's been prayed over my boy. <laughs> well, <clears throat> that's about 15 years ago, the boys married and got two children. <laughs> See, the persistency that he will believe no matter what instrument says anything. Amen. His faith wasn't in the instrument, it was in God. Noah, after he had heard the promise of God, he could be... Persistence, be perseverant. Moses, he had known intellectually by his godly mother, our beloved sister Josephelle. He had heard her teaching in the intellectual manner how that his life had been spared from the crocodile, and how that God had made him a proper child, and he was born for a deliverer. And how that Miriam, his sister, the prophetess, had followed him down to the bathing beach where Pharaoh's daughter was bathing. And how that God had brought him right up and, and nurtured him right in the palace of Pharaoh and how he was going to deliver the children. Now, intellectually, he knew that. But you see, the first little mistake... Oh, don't miss it, church. You might know it from a word standpoint. You might know that the Bible said the prayer of faith shall save the sick. But you pray until God says the prayer of faith saves you. That's the difference. Moses knew intellectually that he was a deliverer. But when he thought the children of God would understand him when he slew the Egyptian, the first little rumor come up. He wasn't persevering at all. Just before he even got to Pharaoh, he tucked far the desert. Because he wasn't persevering. He wasn't too sure. He just knew it from the word standpoint, the promise. But one day, he saw a bush that was afire. And it was burning, and it did not consume. So Moses tucked 
went up the mountainside and setting back in that bush was that big killer fire that was to lead him the rest of his days. And in the pillar of fire spoke out a voice. I have seen the afflictions of my people. I've heard their groanings. And I remember my promise to Abraham. And I'm come down to deliver them. Now go down there. Now talk about perseverance. He walked right up in the face of Pharaoh. But let him go. Why? He had talked face to face with God till he had his commission. I think of minister brethren today would just not take it from an intellectual standpoint, but would find him a place on the back side of the desert on those sacred sands where Satan cannot place his dirty feet of unbelief and say there until a message comes from God and position you, places you in the ministry, then all the devils out of torment could not shake you from it. You know your call. I think each Christian ought to do that. Before you come out and confess the Holy Ghost, confess that you have the baptism, there ought to be such a personal contact with God until all the intellectuals in the world could explain it from you. You know you've been there. You have the witness. You know it so. That's a requirement. Jesus told the disciples, you wait. You know the intellectual part. You know the word, but you wait up there at the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Then they knew. Oh, my. How little David... Way back on the backside of the desert, little ruddy, stoop-shouldered fellow herding these sheep out there for his father. One day a bear come in and got a lamb and he took it off after him and took his little slingshot and killed the bear. And then again, a lion come in and got one <clears throat> and he ran out with the kid and the Little David, that was his father's sheep, and he took after him with a little slingshot. Not with a magnum rifle now, with a slingshot, with a rock in it. But his trust was in God. He slung the rock, struck the line, knocked him down, and when the line rose up, he slew him. Brought the sheep back. He was persistent because, ah! He had a charge. For his father's sheep. I think that ought to be the feeling of every clergyman. We got a charge from God for the father's sheep. The old devil of sickness has struck among you Christians. He's trying to take you out. I have no education. I, I, I know nothing about medicine. But the only thing I got is this little sling shot. A prayer. I'm coming after you tonight. <laughs> Want to bring you back? He promised a prayer of faith will save the sick. Maybe the great intellectual, the great scientific medicines and things might laugh at it. I don't know nothing about that. It's David when he tried to take up a sword and put on Saul's ecclesiastical jacket. It didn't fit him. Hallelujah. 
You ever done said a real man of God? Amen. But he picked up, he said, let me go with what I've proven. <laughs> That's the only thing I know, Christians, is to go with what I've proven to be true. That's God's word. His word. Um, after his six children, let's bring them back to shady green pastures and still waters. Good health. Strength. Little old Samson, standing out there and caught up as we spoke of him the other night. The Philistines all around him, they had nothing but the jawbone of a mule. But when he could reach back and feel those seven little rocks, he was very persistent. Shamgar. Many people never read of him in the Bible. He's one of the judges of Israel. Just one little paragraph wrote of him in the whole Bible. But when he was standing there after his harvest is over, his little children would see him and poor, his wife maybe the sleeves out of her dress. The Philistines would come out in and take everything they had as soon as he got all worked up. Got up to a good place and the Philistines would come in and take it away from him. So about time he got all these grains thrashed out in the barn and thought, well, maybe we can live and I can sell a little of it, get some little dresses for my girls and some shoes for my boys. Maybe be able to get a little cheap dress for the wife this year. He heard something, pulled back the barn door window and looked out there, the barn door rather looked out. Here come a thousand Philistines. Armors, spears, swords, trained men. Tromp, tromp, up, run up the highway. There they pack away his greens. He stood there. Now he wasn't a fighter. He was a farmer. He didn't even have a sword, as far as we know. But he happened to remember, I'm a Jew. I'm circumcised. I'm a child of God. I've got a right. I've got access to the same God of David. I've got access to the same God of Moses. I've got access to the same God of Daniel. And he, the Spirit come upon him, and he grabbed that ox gold and went out there and was persistent. And he slew a thousand Philistines with an ox gold, a stick. But they punched the ox with it. Slew a thousand Philistines. I was one time going into a stadium where I was the priest. There was great field of people, many thousands waiting. And I read a little something over that stadium. It always um, is a football stadium. It always encouraged me. There's a little sign there that said, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. <laughs> so I think that's a whole lot of it. There's got a lot of real Christian courage, consistency. God promised it in his mind. Yes, amen. Right. John the Baptist is very persistent. They'd say maybe Caiaphasus or some of the priests would come out and say, here's a Reverend Dr. Ph.D. so-and-so. Don't you think he fits the Messiah? John said, it's not him. <laughs> Brought another one, here's a good man, what about him? That's not him. <laughs> For he knew when he saw that dove descending from heaven, that would be him. <laughs> then he was persistent. Oh, it's so much in the Bible to talk about. I never get to it. Let's get to the Greek woman. First place, 
She was a Greek. She wasn't a Jew. She's a Gentile. But she had heard of the fame of Jesus. She had heard of the critics also, how they criticized him. But she didn't pay attention to the critics. She was listening at the fame. She being a Greek. You know, you always got something to hand her. But you know, somehow or another, faith finds a source that people don't see. Faith finds its source. People don't see that. So it must have been this little woman that faith had found a source. The Word of God, the Bible said in Hebrews 4.12, is a sword, the sword, cutting the mire to the bone, to the thunder, to the spirit, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's what the Word is. That's the reason Jesus could discern what was in the people's thinking, because he was the Word. And if the Word abides in you, and then it is in you, it's the Word that goes out and discerns. And there's only one thing that can handle that, that Word. It is an education, I'll assure you that. Faith is the only thing that can yield that sort of faith. As I said the other night, faith in God's Word will cut a hole to any difficulty. But you've got to believe it. She had many hindrances. She did herself, but her faith didn't have any hindrances. No, faith don't have any hindrances. Faith just believes it. It don't have a hindrance at all. You're already past the sound barrier, as the lady was talking of. Faith don't have a hindrance. You might have it, but your faith doesn't have it. Your faith has no hindrances at all. She might, they might have said, you're, you're a Greek. You shouldn't go over there. That's a Jew. That's a Jew that they're claiming all these things about. You're a Greek. But you see, they're trying to have a race barrier there. But faith don't know a race barrier. Doesn't know it at all. No. Because she might have thought this. If he is who I believe he is, he's God. And if he's God, he's the creator of every creature. Amen. If he's God at all, he's God of the whole creation. And if he isn't God of the whole creation, then he isn't God. That's a good way to look at it. Well, no matter if she was a Greek, she was still persistent. She had perseverance. Then somebody might have come up with this old proverb, you know, they still have it today. The days of miracles is past. There is no such a thing. But no matter how many hollered at her, the days of miracles is past. She still was persistent. That might have been for them who believed it, but not for her. Something had already happened inside that let her know that it wasn't past. But until you get past that barrier, you'll never do no good. You've got to come past that barrier. God was, but isn't now. He's still God if he ever was God. And if he is the same God today, he never was God. That's it. It's man lost his faith, not God lost his power. 
God went back on his promises. Man went back on the promise. Amen. To believe. You're still persevering. If the days of miracles was passed for all of them, it wasn't for her. Why? She struck a past that sound barrier. She got a hold of something. Something had struck her. Well, there's always another group to a little lady like that. Some of them might have said, you know what? Your husband is a businessman. He belongs to the big church over on this side. And if you go down there to that group, your husband will leave you. Now, that's a great big barrier to pass. But I tell you, if you ever get a hold of faith like she did, that won't make any difference. Amen. That didn't make any difference Amen. to her. Amen. Husband or no husband. Amen. She was on the road to meet Jesus. <laughs> she was persevering. And then there might have been the group that always stands around and says, But wait a minute. If you go down there, Lydia or what her name was, you know, you'll be the laughing stock of our nation because you know there's no such a thing down there. And you know that's just a Jewish fable. They've had all that kind of stuff that we've heard about it, but it's nothing but just a proverb, a song that they sang. You know, they still got that group. Yeah. So, but when she got to that group, she'd be the laughing stock and so forth. She was very persevering. She went right on the past them. All right. Then there come the ministerial group. Oh my, that's a bad one to pass. I'll look here. I've called her Lydia. I hope there's not a Lydia here, but it might be all right. I hope you have the same face she had. So then, when Lydia got to the ministerial association, they said, one thing to it. You know you're a member up here of our church. And that's a Pentecost or some kind of a group down here, you know. Anyhow, I said, if you go down there, we are going to give you your church record, your letter. We're going to take you right off the boat. We cannot come back to the church anymore. We're just going to send you away. And you'll be a laughing stock. Your husband will put you away in divorcement. And he'll marry a better looking woman than you are. And all these things, but that didn't stop her a bit, church letter and nothing else Why? She had heard. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word of God. She was persevering. She cried out on too. Every barrier. Now, she arrives at Jesus. Now, she thought, it's all over now. That's why some people think when they get the Holy Ghost, it's all over. Just beginning. Amen. That's when you need to be persevering. Hallelujah. When you arrive. When she arrived at Jesus, Jesus said, give her a real hard shaking. I believe he knew she's coming. Amen. Hallelujah. So when she arrived, he turned around to her and let her know that he wasn't sent to her race. Oh, my. What a letdown that would have been. Oh, but what did it do? That didn't stop her a bit. <laughs> Not at all. Still, she called him son of David. Of course, the Gentile has a hold on Christ for the name of son of David. No, no. See, the son of David was under the kingship, and Christ is the king of the Jews. But to the church, he's not the king. 
is the Lord. <laughs> He's the husband. And Sarah called Abraham her Lord. He's Lord of the church, but king of the Jewish race. So when she worshipped him and said, Lord, help me, Jesus said, but you know, it's not neat for me to take the children's bread and cast it to you dogs. Oh, my. If that would have been a modern Pentecostal, should have turned that little nose up and said, I'll never go to a meeting like that again. <laughs> Why? They don't have the hope that she had. <laughs> she had the hope. She had heard and faith and caught it. She had a reason. She had a need. And she just wasn't going to turn loose. Right. I like that. Yes, sir. Still, she held on. Although she was called a dog. And a race that was lower than dogs. But I'm not sent to your race. I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she said, Lord, help me. There's not meat for me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Oh, my. She wasn't a hotbed plant <laughs> to have to be babied. No, no. No, no. She wasn't a hotbed plant, had to be baited, baited. She was a modern hybrid, so-called believer of the crop today. Amen. She had a hold of something. Not, well, I'm Methodist and I don't have to take that. Bless God, I belong to the assemblies. I belong to the church of God. I don't have to take that. No, no. That's the hybrid type. You're bred into some organization. But a real, true, third-bred Christian born to the Word of God can hold on, no matter what takes place. Amen. Anything that seems to be done to me is a mule. A mule don't know where he comes from. He's not mule or he's not horse. He's the mix between a mule and a horse. He's not gentle, he's mean, he's low down. You wait all his life to get kicked, he just before he dies. You can call him, he just stick them big ears up. Huh, huh. See? He doesn't know. That's right. He's hybrid. That's what's the matter the church today. Too many hybrid so-called Christians. Right! Amen. Stick their ears up, say, oh, the days of miracles is past. Huh, huh. You don't know where you're sitting or standing. You don't know whether you're a believer or an unbeliever. Hybrid! And these hybrids off the real main beaten road. We ought to have a little time talk on the original seed. See where it comes from. Hybrid. Don't know where it belongs. Don't know who his papa was, who his mama was, or nothing. No, he don't know he has no pedigree. He can't have a pedigree. He can never breed himself back. That's what's the matter with the churches today. They can't breed themselves back. They're hybrid. They're always belong to God or some denomination. Amen. Only thing they can produce is a member, not a Christian. Amen. Maybe I wouldn't have said that if it's already said. Right. He don't know what he belongs to. He just knows he's Methodist, Baptist, or Pentecostal. That's all he knows. But oh, how beautiful is a fair brand. Oh, my. He can tell you who his pappy was, his mammy was, his grandpappy, his grandmammy, his great-grandmammy, all the way back. 
He knows he's gentle, kind. You talk to him, you listen. But his head on your shoulder is full of love. Why? He's thoroughbred. So he's a thoroughbred Christian. A born of the Spirit of God. They don't go into any denominational argument. They know who their father is. They know where they come from. They know where the Spirit comes from. They don't argue your creed. You can talk to them about love, about divine healing. All these things cause they're born of God. Persistent, I should say. You don't have to beat them, they'll pull alone anyhow. Oh my, how wonderful. Hybrid Christians. That's God today. Not her, no sir. Watch. When Jesus said, I'm not sent to your race. Giving her a test. She had an awful time getting to him. But when she got to him, then she had a disappointment. I'm not sent to your ring. Well, but she said, Lord, help me. He said, it's not me for me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Listen to this. Lord, that's true. Oh, my. Faith will always admit the word right. Yes, sir. True, Lord. But I only want crumbs. That ain't a modern believer today. You'll come right down and do it the way I want you to, or I, I, I just won't receive it. <laughs> That's the way Naaman was, trying to get rid of his leprosy. But you have to take it the way he brings it. And when faith gets a hold of it, you'll go on with it. Yes, she's only hunting crumbs. Remember, this woman had never seen a miracle. She was a Greek. But she believed it anyhow. She was like the harlot Rahab. The harlot Rahab, when she heard, when she hid the spies, she was a Gentile, an outcast, a prostitute. But she heard. She didn't say, you bring Joshua up here, let me take a look at him. Let me see how tall, how handsome he is, how he combs his hair, how he grooms himself, how big he is, how big her shoulders. She didn't care what he looked like. She said, I've heard what God did for you. There you are. I don't care what Joshua looks like. I don't care where he's got a PhD or LLD or has got nothing. I know God's with you and I want protection. Amen. I don't care where they call him Holy Rollers, Pentecostal, Fanatic, Old Gospel, whatever it is. I want God. I want his. Amen. Grace, I want his power. I want his love. I want his forgiveness. I don't care what you have to be called. I don't have to see this, that, or the other. Whether he's big or little or whatever he is, I, I just want to see him. I want to have his grace and mercy with me. That's what we need. Watch. This woman had the right approach to God's gift. How much difference it was to them Pharisees. How much was it to them Jews or rulers that we would see a miracle from you? <laughs> the ecclesiastical side. This poor little ignorant Gentile said, the Lord, I'm just wanting the crumbs. Said, the, the, you know, the dogs do eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. That's all I'm asking for. She didn't say you have to come down to my house and lay your hands on my child. 
She didn't say, hey, if you'll come down and speak in a, another language out yonder and tell me all about it, I, I, I'll believe it. She said, I only want the cross. Just the awful. all I'm looking for. See, she had the right approach. She had the right approach to God's gift. She is the first Gentile that Jesus ever done a miracle on. First Gentile. Faith always admits the words right, and faith always acts humble. Faith always admits the word right and always acts humble. Look at Martha and Mary. When little Martha had been made fun of so much or been talked about, being so much about keeping the house clean, but when Lazarus died, she went to him. Look how persistent she was. Perseverance. She had to pass through all the critics that said, where is that holy roller preacher that was around here? Claimed he loves your brother so. See? Jesus knew the Father had told him, go away and wait till Lazarus dies and we'll bring you back. Because he said so. He said he didn't do nothing until he seen the Father show him first. Right? So he went away and they sent for him and he didn't come. I imagine she got laughed at then. Where is he? How he run? Then sent again and he ran again and went to another city. Then finally he turned and said to his disciples, Lazarus, sleep us. said, well, he's doing well. He said, he's dead, and for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. But I'll go and wake him. Well, little Martha didn't hear him say that. Here she come, persistent. She said, Lord, if thou would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. <laughs> I like that. Oh, I love that. Even now. Even now. You might say, Brother Branham, uh, the doctor told me, I, but, but even now. Uh, I've been sick for 40 years, but even now, Lord. <laughs> oh, my. I've been seeking the Holy Ghost for a long time, but even now, Lord, while I'm in your presence, whatever you ask God, God will give it. And he turned with not very much encouragement. See, he tries it. See how persistent you are. Don't give up. And if faith really gets a hold, it won't give up. <laughs> Amen. Said, even now, Lord, whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. Jesus turned and said, yes, said Martha. Said, your brother shall rise in the resurrection. He will rise to the last. They said, yea, Lord. He's a good boy. I know he was a good boy. I, I, all that I believe. Jesus said, I am the resurrection life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? Ah, what did that get to her? Now she had a right to upbraid him and say, why didn't you come? I called you. I left my church. I left my organization. I left my friends. I quit the card party. I didn't go to the bunco game no more. I left it every bit. I come believing in you. Remember the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet now. Teaching me But then I left everything. And followed you. And when I needed you, you didn't come. When I sent, you ignored me and went on. I sent again and you ignored me. Looked like she could have had an argument with him, but she forgot all about it. She wanted to get to him. Amen. That's the reason she got what she asked for. Like the Shunammite woman before Elijah. She was persistent. She came up and fell down at his feet. And she said, Elijah said, actually found out what her trouble was. He told Gehazi, he said, take my staff, go lay it up on the baby. And he girded up his loins and went home, but she was persistent. Her faith wasn't in the staff, it was in the prophet. And she said, as the Lord God lives and your soul never dies, I'll not leave you. 
This persistence. He couldn't get away from it. So he girded up his arms and took off. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's what it is. If the Shunammite woman could have that much faith in a prophet, if Martha had that much faith in Jesus, how about today when we've got 2,000 years of miracles constantly pouring? When around the world and around the clock, 24 hours, the people are being healed and filled with the Holy Ghost the world around. Miracles of healing and raising the dead and casting out devils. Can't we be persistent to hold on to the Word of God, knowing He's so respected person? Persistent until He comes. Sure. Persistent. Certainly. Like the woman from that tabernacle about three years ago. I was in there for one night. The woman's there had a tumor weighed 50 pounds. She's out like this. The woman may be here tonight. I come into the back door and went into the little old tabernacle there and was preaching. And so I turned around, went back. She was from California. And uh, she couldn't walk. And she was persistent on. They said, I, she said, I come for Brother Brandon to pray for me. And some of the elders said, he announced that he wouldn't be praying for the sick tonight. She said, which way does he go out? <laughs> Not me. She had faith in God. So, two of the elders of the church, or three, got this big, heavy lady and passed her around to the little door where I got the back of the tabernacle. Not knowing myself, she was there to be prayed for. And I got through preaching. I started out, and she caught me by the trouser leg. And she held there. She said, Brother Brandon, I won't take your time to pray for me, but just lay your hands on me. That's it. She was determined. About six or eight months later, the lady standing there that night was swollen out like that. The doctors wouldn't touch her for nothing. She's been back in our mind meetings down through California. We'll be there again now. She's been to Tabernacle since just as flat as I am. It said, any of the women can come examine me. There's no mark of knife upon me. The thing left me. Why? She was persistent. Her faith was set. Her faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood with righteousness. When all around my soul gives way, then he's all my hope and stay. For on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other grounds is set. Persistent. Their faith had a hold of his word, and it wouldn't let go, like Micah was down there before Ahab and Jehoshaphat. There was 50, or no, 400, I guess, fine, cultured men come out, well-fed, dressed Ahab's prophets. They come out there prophesying. Jehoshaphat, being a righteous man, if something didn't hit just right, he didn't have no faith. All them fellows standing there, the whole seminary was out. He said, well, look here, go up, Ahab, because they were judging the land belongs to you, Ramoth Gilead. It's yours, so it belongs to you. Go up and take it, the Lord's with you. God had a great big set of horns like this. He said, by this you're going to push them all the way out of the land. Johnson looked around and see there was no faith. No matter, he said, here's, he said, haven't you got another one? He said, another one? There's 400 of the best. They're educated, they're trained. They're a man of God. But you see, there was no faith there. He said, surely you ought to have another one somewhere. He said, I got one, but I hate him. <laughs> he said, he's always bawling me out. Oh, I said, let not the king say so. Go get him. 
said, that's Micah, the son of Ammon. So, you know what? The deacon board went over and met him. said, now look here, Micah. If you want to come back into the organization again, all you said against them will be forgiven you. If you just say the same thing they say. You say the same thing, Micah, I like that man of God. He said, I'll say only what God puts in my mouth. So he got out before him. And he said, give me tonight. And he must have prayed all night. Long about daylight, he saw his vision. When he saw the vision, he compared it with the Word. That's the way to check where your vision's right or not. Not all kinds of vision is right. But if it's contrary to the Word, you leave that vision alone. But if it's with the Word, stay with it. So Micah gave his prophecy that he saw Israel scattered like sheep. Now, 400 ministers standing there, all of them well, all of them prophets, great men, ecclesiastical force. But Michael was persistent. He had checked his vision with the Word. He knew it was right. He knew about that real prophet. Elijah had prophesied evil against Ahab. And how could he say good when the Word said evil? Amen. How can you bless what God has cursed? Amen. Or how can you curse what God has blessed? It must be with the Word. Sometimes you have to stand alone, but stand there. Amen. God, be persistent. Stay right with it. No matter what anybody else says, stay with it. Micah stayed right with it. And of course, we find out that it proved out that he was right. Faith never denies the truth of the Word. But hold to it, no matter how ridiculous it might seem, faith holds right on to the truth of the Word. Peter, in closing, oh my, why didn't somebody pull me? I didn't know getting that late. Excuse me, friends, I better stop right here. And I'll say just a couple more little comments here. Then it goes. Let's change it just a minute. All right. Notice. Thank you. Uh, there was... Uh, uh, Peter, the apostle, will bring it down home just for a moment. Peter, the apostle, he had a good old father. His name was Jonas. Not just imagine Peter and Andrew and Jonas, they were fishermen. Not to see old Jonas, about 80 years old, out there with the little feeble arms, helping him pull that mess in his city and lose his strength. No, it wasn't going to be very long until he was going to go away. I can see him step down on the side of the boat after a good catch that day that prayed that morning. He said, my son, come near me. He might have said it like this. You know, we people have looked for a Messiah. And we know he's coming. I've so longed to see him. I thought surely he would come in my generation. But... It seems like I'm going to go before he comes. I'm getting old. But my son, don't be disturbed now. Just before his appearing, there's going to be all kinds of fanaticism raised up around it. <laughs> Always is. It's the devil trying to put a scarecrow out. Here you away. But remember, the scarecrows is always at the good tree. <laughs> remember that. Not out on the old sour apple. <laughs> no. It's always where good eating's at. So... He said, just remember, now there'll be some raised up and saying they're this, and some are saying they're that, and some are saying they're so forth, and claiming messiahs and everything else. But don't you believe it? Now, the only way to be sure is take what the Word said. Now, the Word said, Moses, 
The prophet of God and the Word always comes to the prophet. He said, now, Moses said that uh, the Lord your God shall raise up a prophet like unto me. Now, it's been hundreds of years since we've seen a prophet. But remember, when the Messiah cometh, he won't be saying he's that. But when he comes, he'll be a prophet. And you notice it. Now, our Bible tells us if a man claims to be a prophet, and what he says comes to pass, then listen to him, because you can fear him because he's from God. But what he says doesn't come to pass, don't pay attention to it. Because it's not right. So now, you boys remember that. And Andrew, you know, was the first one to find him. He said, hey, Simon, come on, go down to the meeting in the morning. Go to be down here. The church is going to have him, so he's down here in another place. So you come down here. And I, oh, Simon said, now remember, we're Pharisees and we, we've got to stay. But I, I just want you to come. Just sit down and listen for a few moments. Watch it. So the next morning, I can see, as they got through pulling the nets, why Jesus came down to the coast and and the first thing you know, Simon must have come up to the audience. And when he come walking up to there, Jesus looked over right there and said, Thy name is Simon, and you're the son of Jonas. Now, you talk about a persistent boy. He was the man on. Nobody can make him doubt it then. He knowed it because why? He had saw that sign of a Messiah. He saw the word. He knew that the man didn't know him. Didn't know his name, didn't know nothing about him, and here he told him not only him, but who his father was and what his name was, the very one that told him to look for this sign. He was persistent. Little old Philip, when he heard this story, he didn't have to see it, he believed it, for he was looking for him a sign. He was so persistent till he went around the hillside, about 15 miles, and he found a guy named Nathaniel. He didn't have to go back and say, now wait, let's sit down and calculate this. He said, come see who we have found. The one that Moses spoke of. Amen. I can hear him tell the story about Simon. Oh, Philip Meyer. Nathaniel might have said, now wait a minute, Philip. You're going off on the defense. Just come see. See if I'm on the defense. So when he walked up in the prayer line or in the audience, wherever it was, I can see Nathaniel begin to look around and I have a good feeling here tonight, somehow. Looks pretty good. And Jesus caught his eye and said, Behold, there is an Israelite indeed, in whom is O God. That tucked him off the rock. <laughs> he said, Rabbi, when did you know me? He said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the tree, I saw you. And he looked around, he saw all of his pastors and the deacons and the presbyters and the bishops and all of them standing around. But brother, he got very persistent right then. He said, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. Hallelujah. There you are. He was persistent. Why? He saw something, he heard something, he realized that it was scriptural so he could stand persistently regardless of what the rest of them thought. He's seen something. He had a hold of something. He held on to it. The little woman at the well, ill-famed. She'd seen so much bogus amongst the people, professing. One day, she about, must have been about 11 o'clock, she went into Sakar to get some food. The disciples and Jesus 
left alone. The father sent him up there because he had need to go by. He was going to Jericho, but he went up around the mountain because he had need. One soul and her prostitute. Oh, amazing grace. One soul out of the whole thing and her ill thing. Paul, off of his regular journey, come up here. She might have been about 11 o'clock. She came out to get some water. She might have started to let the bucket down. Her curls dropped down over her, her face. And she started to let the bucket down. She heard somebody say, bring me a drink. She looked over quickly. There sat a Jew. She said, it's not customary for such a thing. A Jew asked the Samaritan. And they said, but if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. What was he doing? Contacting her spirit. Father sent him up there. Now, the subject is there. Hallelujah. I saw something in him. Oh, God. Father sent him up there. And now here's the subject before him. He don't know what to say, but he carries the conversation. He said, talked about worship in Jerusalem and the Jews and so forth and the well they talked about. After a while, he found where her trouble was. He said, go get your husband and come here. She said, I, I, I have no husband. He said, that's right, you've had five, and the one you got now is not your husband. She said, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. We know that the Messiah is called the Christ. He's coming, the anointed one. And when he comes, he'll be a prophet. He'll tell us those things. He said, I'm here to speak to you. Talk about persistence. <laughs> You know, it wasn't actually, if you know the Oriental custom, a woman of that type should not never approach a man in the marketplace. Right. Not till this day in India and different places. No, sir. The man wouldn't even hear her. Look at her. She's marked. A prostitute that turned her back. No matter what she said. But what? They couldn't ignore her. They couldn't ignore the woman. Why? She had a hold of faith. She had a message. They couldn't stop her. She said, come see a man who's told me the things that I've done. Isn't this the very Messiah? It's in And the Bible said the whole city believed because of the woman's testimony. The little woman with the blood issue. She's persistent. I imagine she's seen all the, the denominations standing there and she pressed right on by. Mom said, wait a minute, where are you going? Aren't you John Doe's wife up there on the hill and he just swapped that team of horses the other day to pay the doctor? Yeah, but he couldn't do me no good. Well, you're too frail. You'll get cranked on down there in that bunch of people. Listen at them. They're just but a bunch of fanatics that's Galilean backwash. They don't even belong to an organization. All he does is tear up our churches. Wall back up there. I'll call your pastor. She just ignored it. She's just <laughs> Well, you're too weak to go to the meeting. That didn't stop her a bit. She's going anyhow. Little pale cheeks. Going anyhow. Going anyhow. Maybe her husband said, Get back up down the hill where you belong. See? You are my husband and I love you. But I must touch you. <laughs> Walk on <around> past it. Here's the day she passed another line of people. When the bishop come around like this and said, Hey, we heard you done miracles. Now let's see you do another Another one stepped in this way, that way. Finally, she thought, time will go to do it. But you know, faith always finds a way to do it. Like the Seraphim open woman. Faith finds a way. 
to touch him. You don't believe that you get to praying right now and see if your faith don't find a way to touch him. Faith finds the way. And uh, after a while, reminds me of, of the Abraham Lincoln, they shut him out. Great man, he said, how are you going to get it? He said, I'm going to trust God. He said, they're going to close the doors in your face. He said, I'll still trust God. So when all the senators answered, they're going to throw him out on this measure that you're trying to vote against. And so they know Abraham Lincoln was far. He had such a pressure and such a, a status before the people that he could put his point over. And they wouldn't let him in the door. And when they got up and began to call the names, they called different ones and different ones. And there was Lincoln's seat empty. said, Abraham Lincoln? Broop, down to the chimney. said, President? Faith <laughs> finds a way. It might be down the chimney. But it'll get there. What difference does it make for the ride? finds a way. It may be crawling, maybe singing, maybe shouting. Whatever it is, it finds its way. Who's that on? She tried to touch him, blocked off, blocked off. Finally, she just stooped down and reached over and touched his garment. Jesus turned and said, who touched me? Why? She had perseverance. She touched him. I must close. I just feel so good. I hate to do it. But we got a big prayer line coming up. Listen, I was in Mexico about four years ago, and they told us we could have the bull ring. General Valdini had brought me down, first American non-Catholic had ever been brought down. When the uh, bishop of the Catholic Church went up before the president and said, Your Honor, sir, this man is coming in here non-Catholic and said he gets government support from General Valdini, military support. Said our nation doesn't stand for that. And, uh, so the president said back, he said, the man's a reputable man. Said, oh, he's uh, he's just a renegade. Said, I don't think tens of thousands of people go out here renegade. <laughs> and he said, um, he said, but you see, sir, the bishop said to the president, you see, sir, only the poor and illiterate is the only thing that goes to hear him. He said, you've had them for 500 years. Why are they poor and illiterate? <laughs> that was a good question. <laughs> they wouldn't let us have the bull ring. So we got a great big place out there. And those poor Mexicans, thinking we sat here listening for an hour and a half and get tired many times. Those people come there at 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. No seat. They stood up, leaning against one another. All day I wouldn't be in the pulpit till about 8 or 9 o'clock at night, but stood there so we'd get a place to stand. About 30,000. There they was, all leaning against each other. I just to be there three nights. And I remember one night there, second night, coming across the platform was a, I seen standing on the platform that Billy had led him up, an old Mexican man. His feet was calloused all over, his pants all ragged, no shirt on, just a coat wrapped around it, ragged, an old hat tied up with strings. He's blind. He kept saying something when he got close to me, took out a little beads and went to saying a Hail Mary. I had him put it up. So I put my arm around him and I looked at me with a good pair of shoes on the suit of clothes. Got just as much right to have a pair of shoes as suit as I have. Yes, sir. So I thought, I- I'll give it to the old man. See, his feet were much bigger than mine. His shoulders were out like that. I looked at his gray hair, 
Blind, I thought my daddy would live to have been about that age, and maybe somebody's daddy. I put my arms around and started praying. And when I opened my eyes like this, they don't interpret the prayer. I see the old man going around, looking as well as he, you know, as he can see and everything in the vision. I just felt real still. Rick, I heard him. I heard, glory, adios. He's glory to God. He could see as good as I could. Oh, down through there he went, lippity, clippity, as far as he could. The amazing grace. The next night, there was a rick, much longer than this platform, piled out high, old shawls and coats, laying up there to be prayed over. And when I got on the platform that night, it had been raining since about 10 o'clock in the morning. Those people stood right through the rain, them Mexican women with their hair all down their face and just soaking wet. And I had to get on a ladder and come down a wall. They picked me up from the car, let me down on these ropes on a ladder to get on the platform right to the side of the wall where I'd come around the wall in a car. And I was speaking, and Billy come over to me and he said, Daddy, a Mexican man, I don't know what his name was, I called him Manana, which means tomorrow. He was so slow. And so he's always, he'd come get me and he's about, they brought him because he couldn't talk to me. Nobody talks to me when we're coming to the meeting. And he couldn't talk English, so I just called him Manana. And so he would blabber off something. I didn't pay attention because I didn't know what he was saying. So he got me on the platform that night, and I was speaking, and Billy come running up. He said, Daddy, manana, give out all them prayer cards. And said, there's a little woman down there who's got a dead baby. And said, I've got over 150, 200, forget what it was, ushers. And they can't stop that woman. Said, she's got a dead baby on her hip. And she'll run between her legs and run over their shoulders and everything else for that dead baby. And said, she ain't getting no prayer card. And said, we done give them all out. And if I put her in line ahead of them people that come and got a prayer card, there'll be a riot as sure as the world. And now, Brother Jack Moore. Anybody ever know Brother Jack Moore? Many of you. He was with me. So I said, Brother Jack, she don't know me from you. I said, go on over there and pray for the baby. And it'll, it'll be all right. And these ushers were taking hold of that. And she'd stand there as soon as they turned her head, she'd run out between her feet like that as hard as she could. And she'd upset four or five of them. They'd shove her back again. They couldn't keep her off the platform. All persistent mind. And so our brother Jack started over to pray for the little baby. Billy was taking him over. And I said, as I was saying, then Brother Espinosa's uh, Pentecostal brother from California was giving an interpretation. I said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. And when Brother Espinosa started to say that, I looked right out here about two or three feet from here, and there was a little Mexican baby in the vision. Little old, no teeth, just gums, just laughing at me. And I rubbed my eyes, I looked again, there it was. A little bitty fellow. Just laughing, that little black eyes just staring. I thought, I wonder if that's that baby. I said, hold it just a minute, Brother Espinosa. Brother Jack was going off the platform. I said, tell the ushers, Brother Espinosa, make a way and let the lady come up. She's standing about the distance of this building out there, still pressing her way with this dead baby in a blanket. It died that morning about 9 o'clock. The doctor pronounced it dead. Died with pneumonia. So she, uh, they made a way, and here she come up the platform. She fell down and began to holler, Padre, means father. I tried to get her to stand up. When she stood up, Brother Espinosa said, has she got a prayer card? I said, no. But Brother Espinosa, don't say this. I don't know. I've seen a little Mexican baby in a vision right out before me here. And I said, it may be her baby. I'll just pray and let it go on like that. He said, all right. I said, don't interpret the prayer. And I, I told her to stand up. And Espinosa told her and, 
in Spanish to stand up. So I said, when's your baby die? Nine this morning. It was about 10.30 then, that night. And I said, you believe? With all her heart. There wasn't a doubt in the little thing. My pretty little woman looked to be about in her early 20s, 22 or 23, typical little Mexican scenery. So she had this little baby in a little blanket over it. There it was laying there, just soaking wet. That blanket, she'd been standing out there since that morning. She'd seen a piece of paper about that old man getting his sight, so she was ready to bring that baby. And um, so uh, I asked her if she believed. She said yes. So I laid my hands over on the little baby. I said, Heavenly Father, now I don't know. I just saw the vision. And upon the basis of that vision, it may be the baby. That's all you said to me. I'm just going to put my hands on it. Commit it to you. The little baby went, whack! Can they get a kick of feet like that? And I looked around. She jerked the blanket off of it. And people began screaming. And I said, now don't you, don't you say anything about this, Brother Espinosa. Get a runner. Get somebody on that case and go and get a signed statement from the doctor. Before you say anything, he goes, if you're going to say anything about it, it's got to be authentic. So she, and uh, he got a runner, and the next day he himself, they went to the doctor, he signed a statement that the baby died that morning at 9 o'clock. And that was that night at 10 o'clock, and the baby, as far as I know, is living in Mexico tonight happy. Why? Because a woman like this little fearful open woman, she was persistent. She knew she had a hold of God, Catholic or no Catholic, priest or no priest. Church or no church, excommunicate or no excommunicate, life at or no life at. What was she? She was persevering. She knew that there was a God. Listen, Bible promise signs proves he keeps his word. Bible promise signs. We can read them and be persistent and know that he keeps his word. Let us pray. Before we pray, is there something here tonight that would like to be remembered in this prayer? Whatever you have need of, we just raise your hand and say, God, make me persistent, Lord, till I can get the desire of my heart. It's for your glory. Lord, stay right with me. Let me stay with you. Give me a hold on you tonight. I'm going to watch. I'm going to listen. I'm going to believe. When others are being prayed for, I'm going to believe tonight. I'm going to be persistent that I'll never leave this building until I've got an anchor in my faith. My faith is anchored in me, rather, that I am going to be very persevering. Because I believe I want to get a hold of your word right now for my case. Our Heavenly Father, you see the hand. The story of this little Gentile woman, how that she was persistent. She was very persevering because faith had come by hearing and hearing of God's Word. And with all of her hindrances, and here we sit tonight, well, not one-third the hindrances she had. Her daughter was an epileptic, and she was a Gentile, which God had not promised to visit. She was turned down by her friends. She was turned down probably by all that we spoke of tonight. But we know that even Jesus tested her faith, told her that he wasn't sent to her, and said that she and her race is dogs. And the truth was, Lord, when faith gets a hold of the word, it admits the truth. said, but the dogs get the scratch. 
That touched the heart of our master. He said, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you as thou hast believed. And when she got home, the fit was off of her daughter, and she was lying across the bed. The devil had left her. Heavenly Father, give us that faith tonight. May we come, and after tonight, be persevering in our faith. Because we can have faith if we know you've promised it in your word. Anything that you promised and our faith takes a hold of, it belongs to us. You told Joshua, everywhere the soles of your feet set, that I've given him. And we realize that footsteps meant possession. Father, if some of them tonight has never walked high enough up into the kingdom of God to receive the Holy Ghost, may they receive it tonight. May they make footsteps tonight, footprints. And then them who have never been able to reach up high enough and walk up there and possess the blessing of divine healing, may they walk up tonight. Be persistent. May faith catch a hold of them right now by these remarks from these others. Those who've never accepted you as Savior, may they reach up tonight and get a hold of you and accept you. The Bible said, as many as believe was baptized. Granted, Father, and may they be baptized also in water and also in the Holy Spirit. Grant these blessings and help your poor, humble servant as I minister now in the name of thy Son, Jesus. Amen. Now, I believe that Billy Paul, if he's in the building, said that he gave out prayer cards. And I, I think he said 50. Is that right? 50 prayer cards. And we want him to stand up. Now, don't race at it. Just come one by one. Who has prayer card number one? Someone? What's that? A1. Alright, A1, is it the gentleman? A2. Would you raise your hand? Right? A2. Did I see the hand of that person? A2. Alright, sister. A3. Three. Alright, four. Five. Raise your hand, I didn't see four even. Four, alright, next in line. Five. Raise your hand. Prayer card five. Now Billy comes down to the audience, gets up here, Shuffles the cards up together, gives the people a card. Anybody wants them? Anybody has to be here to get them, of course. And I think if they come early and got a prayer card, they ought to have right to be first up here, don't you think so? Amen. Right. And now, but Billy don't know who's going to be first on the line because the prayer cards are shuffled up. That makes it to him. Then sometimes I start vice versa, backwards, upside. You've seen it down. That's right. Last night we didn't even have any prayer cards at all. <laughs> See, that is the item. All right, five, six, raise your hand. Seven, all right, as I, as I call you the number, you stand up. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, just make your way over here and get in the line right on here. Twelve, now if you can't raise up, some of the brethren will come get you and pack it. You're going to get up here, yes sir. Amen. All right, twelve, did I see twelve? Prayer card 12. All right. 13. 13. 14. 15. Be watching your card now. 15. 15. 15. 16. 17. 17. 18. 18. Back. 19. Thank you, Brother Bale. 19. 20. 21. 21. I didn't get it. 21, 22, 
22? Prayer card 22? Thank you. Let me know, you know, because it might be somebody deaf and they miss their place, you see. Or somebody can't get up. Somebody watch the other's prayer card and they be looking at your prayer card. What was that, 22? 23? 23, 24, 25, 26, 26, 27, 27, I didn't see it, 34, 34, 35, 36, 36, 37, 37, I didn't get it, 37, 37, look around your neighbor, he might have a prayer card, 37, he might be deaf, might be able to get up, he's paralyzed and can't move, 37, somebody must have got it and went out. If they come in, put them in the line, position in their place now. The ushers will be there to help. 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 47, that's good. 48, 49, 50, 50, the man back there. Now, is all the people that has prayer card up? Has anybody else got a prayer card? All prayer cards standing in the row. I want to be sure of this now. We call one thirty-seven. I've seen a couple of brethren come in since then. I just wonder. I've called prayer card thirty-seven, and it didn't answer. That's the only one that I've seen myself that didn't answer. Was uh, prayer card number five? Did it answer? Brother Vale said he didn't notice prayer card number five. Number five is it there? And thirty-seven. Now, if you just give us a moment or two, friends, now, we'll, someone coming in against the baby, maybe it might be some of the women and brothers have to step out with their little ones, and, and if they're out now and that number comes in, put them right in line, right in their place, put them where 37 and 5 belongs. And that makes everything just right then, 37 and 5. Everybody now, be alert, be ready, be willing. Now, thank you. That's the way it's up there. Thank you, sir. Hear that there now? The reason they're doing this is because under the anointing, I don't talk very loud. Now, while they're getting together, I might say this. I want it from your heart. If you don't believe it, don't raise your hand. But if you do believe it, I want you to raise your hand. Now, we know that Christianity has been growing in the grace of God through the years. Martin Luther was the first reformer from the dark age, and he preached justification by faith. How many know that? Then the church was like, in the, like a pyramid. 
It was down here great anybody even professed to be a Christian, it was dangerous to be killed. Then along come Wesley with the message of sanctification. Then become more in the minority. Then after Wesley comes the Pentecostal group. Then it becomes up and anyone knows, not teaching pyramid doctrines now or anything, I'm just giving an example. But the headstone was never put on the pyramid. Why? was rejected. So, if the headstone would come to the pyramid, if anybody's ever been in Egypt, those stones are so closely fit together, so you can't place a razor blade between them. That's where the mystery how to get them up there. They fit perfect. Now, the headstone, it'll have to be the stones that made up here the top, ready part of the headstone. It'll have to be honed so perfectly until when the headstone comes, it'll have to fit just exactly with it to make the building complete. Is that right? So the church, now if the headstone comes in Luther's time, look what an out-of-way place it would have been. Look if it comes in Wesley's time. It's, it'll come in its own predestinated time. Amen. But the church will be honed in such a condition until the church's ministry will be so close and be just exactly the same kind of ministry that Jesus had to make it all fit together for the rapture. Like the head knows more than the feet. See? The eyes are more used than the feet. The eyes is the prophet of the church that foresees. See? And all these things come in the head. The head part. Now, I want to ask you a question. Excuse me, brother. This may be off the beaten path. But if I'm wrong, you forgive me. <laughs> you brothers out there. I believe that the church will have to come to that sound. Amen. For the rapture. Amen. To be caught up together. To meet the Lord in the air. I believe that we're living in that day. Amen. That when the church will certainly be in a minority. Amen. It'll be a small group. You know, when Jesus preached, it was one. One, one percent of the one millionth of the people on earth ever heard it. Look what heard John from the preparation. The, it's the elected that hears it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right. No man can come to me except my Father draws him first. And all the Father has given me will come. Right. Now, I believe that there's a church coming into that profession, that ministry of profession. Where the offices, where apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, for the perfecting of the church, then pastors and teachers and so forth will be so with the word until the whole thing will work right up to the coming of the law. I believe that, and I believe we're nearing that time now. I believe it so. Now we know that Jesus said, and taught us all through the scriptures, that the works that he did would be done also. Now, my brother, I hope if they do disagree with me, but it'll be on a friendly basis. Did you know the Bible speaks of the appearing of the Lord and also the coming of the Lord in the two different words? Search it and find out if that's right. The appearing and the coming is two different things. Yes. The appearing of the Lord is now. 
He's appearing amongst his people. We see him in his same words to appear in his Holy Spirit. But his coming will be in a physical being. He sets the church up. But see, we've been down through the word justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And now the church is getting in such a condition, ready, waiting. The offices and the offices of the church is coming into its place. The teachers are placing the places. The gifts are manifesting themselves. All these allowed impersonations. We expect that, but there's real too. Before there can be a bogus dollar, there has to be a real one for it to be made off of. That's right. We have all those carnal comparisons. But that don't take away from the real. It only it only makes the real shine out. So the Lord is now appearing among his people. Great signs and wonders, raising the dead, healing the sick, and doing the very same things that he did that hasn't been done for two thousand years. See, the church is honed up to that, brought up, so it's right at the time the headstone is coming to meet the church. And then they'll be all go together and be raptured. The ones fell asleep in the first watch, second watch, third watch, up to the seventh watch. The appearing of the Lord. Last night I touched it. How he had come. Now remember, not the man, that's the office in the church. Not the marvelous teacher man, it's the marvelous Holy Ghost teaching in the man. Not the marvelous man with the gift of discernment, the marvelous Holy Ghost, and they're using the man. I've always said, like Peter referred to it one time, the Mount Transfiguration, the Holy Mountain. It isn't the Holy Mountain, it's the Holy God on the Holy Mountain. It's not the Holy Church, it's the Holy God. Not the Holy People, but the Holy Ghost. See? It's the Holy Spirit. These lads say, now, when that angel of the Lord came to Abraham, there in the time before the destruction, now that was God appearing in human flesh, and Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man, as it was in the days of Lot. He gave the morals of what they were doing in the days of Noah. In the days of Lot, what's that messenger to Abraham? What's the messengers to law in the nominal church? Just come out, come out. Abraham pleading for them. Notice the angel, God, Elohim, appearing in the form of human flesh, shows that Elohim in the last days will appear, not the coming of Christ, but the appearing of Christ in human flesh in his church. Making the same signs and things that he did and hasn't done it in the church. Two thousand years. Amen. See? The appearing of the Lord. Now, is all the prayer cards in the line? How many stick out there and hasn't got a prayer card? Raise up your hand. Do that again. Raise up your hands. All is sick. All is praying. Believe it. All right? The woman that touched the border of his garment, she didn't have a prayer card either, but she touched his garment. And the Bible said that he right now is a high priest. Is that right? Ever living to make intercession. A high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmity. Is that right? And the Bible said in Hebrews 13, 8, he's the same yesterday, day, and forever. Is that true? Well, then if he's the same high priest, if you touched him, like that woman did, not physically, 
Her face touched him because he said virtue when everybody was touching him physically, but her face touched him. And he turned around and noted her blood issue and said her face had saved her. Don't you believe he's the same high priest tonight? And if these words are true, he's appearing in human flesh, then you let him appear in your flesh, giving you faith in his promised word. St. John 14, 12, the works that I shall you also. Then I'll, if these offices in the church, then let me relax myself before you and William Branham part go away and let the Lord Jesus speak through me up here in human flesh like he appears in yours. So there'll be a witness of two and two's a confirmation in the God's word. Uh, two is a witness. Then you have faith to touch him and I have faith and through both of us confirms his word that it's the truth. Now you stick people again out there. Now, I can't go down through that discernment to that line. You know, it would take me right off the platform. One, one little woman caused the Son of God to say he got weak, and him the Son of God. What do you think I would be? A sinner saved by his grace. I couldn't even stand one of them if he didn't say, the works that I do shall you also, and more than this shall you do. I know the King James says greater, but it's actually more. They couldn't do no greater. He raised the dead, stopped nature, done everything, see? So just more of it, because there'd be more people of spirit with just one man there. Now it's universal around the world, and all these people believe. Let's just take for a start. These crowd in this way. How many there that doesn't know me, and I don't know you, and you're sick, and you believe that God can reveal to you your trouble? Raise up your hands. All of you there that have got prayer cards, and you want something from God, raise up your hands. In here, you pray. Let me turn my back. You pray. The angel that appeared in human flesh had his back turned to the tent where Sarah was. And he told Sarah what she did. Is that right? That same angel was God. And the same God that was there was promised by Jesus, who was God, to appear in his last days before the burning of the earth, just like he did in the days of Solomon. You believe? Amen. Of course it's a vision. There's people standing there I don't know. It'd be up to him. There it is. If I can find where it was. Yeah. The lady sitting right here, heavy set. Did you raise your hand a few minutes ago? You believe God will heal that rheumatism for you and make you well? Did you raise up your hand? Right? You can have. What does she touch? The man sitting next to her, what do you think, brother? You believe that comes from God? You do? You believe God can tell me what's your trouble? Would you believe it? Would you accept it if I could tell you through God's Spirit? I'm talking to you, you're sitting close to me. You believe it? Will you believe it? All right, then your high blood pressure will leave you. That man sitting next to you had the same thing, a little thin man there. He had high blood pressure too. If that's true, raise up your hand and go back. Go believe him. Don't doubt. What did they touch? They never touched me. I don't know the people. I've never seen them in my life. You're strangers to me. If you just believe, that's all you have to do. There's a little lady sitting there right back here. Look at her. She's just carrying into the kingdom of God. 
She's praying for her unsaved son. You'll believe with all your heart. They'll be saved. Will you believe it? You have. You believe? All of you? You believe God will heal that nervous before you serve that there? You just asked him to do it right then. Yes, oh, man, it's all over. You have it. A little lady sitting back there praying for that grandchild. You believe that God will make it well? Retarded, but you believe that God will make it well? You believe with all your heart? Plan on bring you to church tomorrow night. You won't have to. God will make it well and you raise it. How about it, lady? You believe it? I'm a total stranger to him. I don't know where I'm going to hear my Are we strangers to one another, lady? If it is, raise up your hand. What's that? What's your spring for them waving your hand like that? Don't you see? Elohim. God. How can you doubt? He should be persistent. Just to start it in the line. Now, you had a prayer card. They didn't. You believe me to be a servant. You believe I've told you the truth tonight on God's Word. I don't know. You've never seen me in my life. We're strangers, as far as I know. But do you believe if God can tell me what's wrong with you or something you, if something with you, you know where it's the truth or not. You know what happened. say what has been. Then tell you what will be. Well, you know that will be right. You're not here for yourself. You're standing for somebody else. That person's not here. That's your wife. She's in another state. She's in Georgia. She's got kidney trouble. She's very sick. She's got complications. That is right, isn't it? You believe with all your heart now? Go home and find her the way you believe it. Don't die. If thou didst believe all things that possible. Amen. That was a man. Here's a woman. Let's add this one more. And then we'll start just praying for the sick. See if we can get out of that line. Come here, sister. I believe we're strangers one to another. We're, doing, we're just two people met here. Very same way in a panoramic like this at Zachar there where Jesus met the woman at the well. Here we are, man and woman, met first time in life. Oh, I, wish, I wish that I could see the power of Satan moved away. How can we stand and see this and then not believe Here's a man and woman. We've never seen one another. She's just a woman standing here. I don't know one thing I've ever seen her in my life. Now, what about it? I don't know one thing. What is it? God promised it. God's Word said so. He promised me that one night up there many years ago. said I was born for this. I believe it. Tens of thousands of times around the world and not one time it's ever faced. What is it? It's showing you that the time is at hand. It isn't me, it's him. How do I know this woman? The old brother that had his son healed. He said, I know it has to be God. Brother Brandon, people in my neighborhood, I know. They said, I know it's a promise for the last day. It's here. The Bible in Malachi 4 promises. Amen. Amen. Instead of nothing to pass. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord shall come, that shall burn the earth. And we know we're living in that day. Here's two people standing here. I don't know the woman. Four, five, six, seven, whatever it was out there, and there's a whole line. If I could only stand here long enough. 
That's what I'm trying to do now. Get myself shut away and everything. Go on with the prayer line. Does something to you. It's a constant, like a, a throb out there in that audience. It stays. Well, if you just ever break through that little barrier there, get free. Like a bird getting out of a cage. You got the wings, just get out the door. Lady, just to talk to you a bit now. I don't know you, but God does know you. Then, if something you'll have to say, that if, if he will tell me something about you, what you're here for, like the woman touched his garment or something on that, or some Bible sign to show that it, you know it has to be something because I don't know you. Then, if you, if it was, you know where it'd be the truth or not, because you know about it. And then, if it is the truth, my, wouldn't that be wonderful? Mine. Certainly would. Now, the lady's very sick. I see it now. Here's the doctor. Been turned down by the doctor. She's suffering with all kinds of complications. One thing, you've got a hernia. And you're supposed to have an operation. And you've got such a bad heart, so there's no doctor will take the case. That's just say it for But there is one here. Please. 
I'll pray for you. It'll be a great relief, wouldn't it? They tried everything. Oh, ask the door and everything else, but it just don't do no good. But God is the healer. You believe that? I pray that Jesus will be able to make a way out. I lay my hands on the Lord, Lord, I believe that your spirit is here. I just got us anointed. I pray that you will be able to make a way out. Yes, I'll be real with everything. Still, he might call something out there. You're moving around. I can't catch it. Because each one of you is a spirit. And then you're in contact. And when you do, when you move, it upsets me. You understand? See? Jesus took a man and let him come out of the city, away from all the unbelief. See? Sit real still in prayer. Here's the lady. You believe God can tell me what your trouble is? Would you accept it? Look at me. You got a girl. You believe God can tell me where the girl is? In the New Testament. That's right. You believe that God will hear it? Of course, you had to leave, so what did you do? All right? I don't respect the person. He let lady going down there to see him. He'll tell him. He'll give you a few You believe if I ask him, he'll make you well. I can, I can heal you, but I can ask him. Be good. I believe you're already here. Right? That's the way. You believe us, we'll ask God. Jesus said this, These signs shall follow them that believe. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. You believe it, I believe him. Then in the name of Jesus Christ, I obey the commandments. Would you also believe it, sister? You believe passing through here? You're, you're not coming just to come up, Brother Brandon, because what you don't do it. But you're coming believing that Christ is standing here somewhere that we don't see. Is that right? Um, Heavenly Father, I bless this woman in the name of Jesus Christ. Please, please, sister, our Heavenly Father, I pray that in Jesus' name that you will heal sister and make her well. God bless you, my brother. Line and line, Lord. You believe that God will make you well? Our Heavenly Father, only you can heal this man. I pray for him. Put my hands upon him and asking if he will. Be made every whistle. Granted in Jesus' name, my God bless you, my brother. You believe you, Heavenly Father, I ask for her healing in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Come around on both of you. Bless your heart. My, this is sweet. I hope someday you see my papa and mama coming down to the kingdom of God. If I pray for you, you believe it, you'll be well. Our Heavenly Father, this little couple, I lay my hands upon them with all the reverence and respect that I know how. And if it lay within my power, I would make them whole. I cannot do it, Lord, but I believe in you who will. I ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So we ask both of you to be well and live a good, happy, long life. For the kingdom of God. That's the most hard thing. <laughs> no one knows about it. Everybody tells you, get next to yourself and how can you? There's, oh my, that old dark shadow following you all the time. Nothing you can do. Everything's gone wrong. Every, that's it. You believe you let the cat go away from They can come out of her. In the name of Jesus, I believe you're born of a woman. 
Shame on you. I adjure thee by the living God, whose presence is here now, whose servant I am. Let it be from this night on. God bless you, lady. With all my faith and hope, you're going to go on your Do you believe, my brother? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, let the power that raised Jesus from the grave quicken his body. Lord, you, my brother. You believe, sister. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, your Son, I lay my hand on this woman while we're in the presence of this shrouded presence of Jesus Christ. Bless you, sister. Oh, just rejoice and happy believing. Come, sister, good brother. Let's have your hand. Heavenly Father, I bless them. In the name of Jesus Christ, may they get their desires tonight, be made perfectly whole, and live for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name. Can you believe? Does everybody believe? Many times people think everybody has to be told. You don't have to be told. I know it. If you're talking about these kids get more and more and more, they get weaker, 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 and that line is still long. But God knows everything. Don't you believe that? Sure he does. How many believe before you say anything or not? Just believe. He didn't believe me when I just started that. He's still here. He's here. You believe it? What about you? You believe it? I don't know you. God knows you. But you believe he can tell what's wrong with you? If I tell you, you'd be surprised. You just get real weak. Got weak spells. That's right. You believe that he can make you well from that? A preacher wants to preach the gospel? You are a minister. You just get so weak you can't preach, isn't that right? But you can be strong now. You believe you are? Then go on your own to the praise of God. Hallelujah. Amen. You're the lady that I met in the restaurant. It's over. In the name of Jesus Christ, let this woman go home now. Being well. Lord, let her recover from this. I believe you will because today that great mysterious meeting into that restaurant, knowing what's caused it, the poor woman's tried to shake the for a long time, but now she's coming free. Go in Jesus' name. Thank you. Right, sir. You believe by asking you'll be made well? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, grant the healing of my brother. God lay hands on him for the glory of God. God bless you, my brother. Go. God bless you, my brother. Many days have been alone here. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father. Oh, if I could only hold my daddy tonight. Like this. But it's her. Help me, God. Bless her too, Father. May they have the healing, live a long life, and someday in glory, when they were all turned back to the young people again, may I meet them again. The testimony of Jesus Christ, I ask this blessing. God bless you. Go believing to be all right. Just have faith in God. God bless you. Isn't that sweet? You believe that, man? In the name of Jesus Christ, I obey the commandments for me, and I hand up on yours and ask him. That's a devil's part. Amen. You believe, sister? 
Then in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, These signs shall follow the believers. Let her be well. Don't doubt. Just go now. Be persevering. Believe it. How do you do, sister? This is the hour of delivery for you. You believe it? In the name of Jesus Christ, we should be set free right now. God bless you. Brother, I know what they don't stick me hobbling around with. This will be the hour of delivery. Are you going to be persevering in the presence of God? Now, not in our presence, but His presence. That I'll pray for you, and you're going to get well. You believe it? Our Heavenly Father, I bless our brother. In the name of Jesus Christ, may the power of God make you well. Believe it May the little fellow be set free in the name of Jesus Christ. I wish you could spread it out to the Lord Jesus tonight and let you make you well. Heavenly Father, I pray for this boy. I pray that the power that could make him well, Jesus Christ, will heal May return for you the blessings of God in Jesus Christ. God bless you. Are you here, little fellow? I think you will, don't you? The little boy can talk. So just believe now, we're going to pray and ask God. I believe that little boy will come back. Amen. 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 May the dumb spirit upon this child talk. May the child talk in the name of Jesus Gracious God, who brought back Jesus from the dead, heal this sister and make her well as I lay my unworthy hands upon her, but believing in Christ, the worthy one, I ask for her peace. Our Heavenly Father, as this woman crosses the platform, humbly reverently, knowing that healing is something that's already been done, that people believe it. Then, as I said tonight, be like that woman of long ago, perseverance. They believe it. God shows them His sign. They accept it. They believe it. May she be healed in Jesus' name. You believe, sister. Our Heavenly Father, the prayer of faith shall save the sick and God shall raise them up. I pray that you'll grant this blessing to our sister that what she asked for in the name of Jesus Christ. I'll lay my prayer with her, my faith with her, and may it be granted. Amen. God bless you, sister. I do, sister. You believe it, you'll make me well. I'll put my faith with yours and we'll lay our prayer on his altar. You believe it in his presence. Our Heavenly Father, I pray for the dear woman. As you stand here tonight, all these things, Father, I pray that, that you will grant her recovery, God. I'm laying my prayer on the altar with her, placing my faith upon her sacrifice, Christ Jesus, and asking that she will be made well. Amen. I believe now with all your heart. I do, Brother. You believe that God will make you well. Our Heavenly Father, this young 
Yahweh man stands here before me. We're standing in your presence as a brethren. I ask you, Lord, as I lay my prayer with his granddaughter, that he will be given his request in your name. See, that's how he persists and hold on to his sin So let it be done. Leave with me now. To go back down south well. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you grant me your prayer. I lay my prayer with his prayer, my faith with his faith, all in your Bible and in the blood of Jesus Christ. We ask that in his name. Amen. Prayer of faith. My brother, going to believe you. Heavenly Father is our holy name. May the power of Almighty God come upon our brother and may every frail doubt that's trying to hang on be broken loose. They pass that sound barrier. On buzzing out to yonder in the kingdom of God, persistent, claiming his healing to the strikes of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, brother. Amen. I believe this is the hour. I lay my faith with my sisters upon God's holy altar, with my prayers and my faith with her. I ask God in the name of Jesus Christ to give her her Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, may my prayer that I lay with my brother, my hopes for his hope, my faith for his faith upon your holy altar, receive it, Lord. I offer this to his behalf in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Keep persisting now. Hold right on to it. God bless you, Our Heavenly Father, they said the prayer of faith saves us. I offer mine with my brother. I feel for him. Oh, Lord, I pray that you hear us, Lord, as I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let your brother persist now. Believe me. I'm not Our Heavenly Father, as I stand here in our presence, and in the presence of this congregation, in the presence of this woman, I ask that I lay prayer with her upon the altar. Receive us, Father. I offer this in Jesus Christ's name. Be persistent now, don't you? Don't have it out. Nine sisters. Would you like to go home and eat your supper? Be made well. Please, sister. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would heal her as I offer my prayer with her in Jesus' name. Bless you, brother. Our Heavenly Father, I lay my hands upon brother in the name of Jesus Christ. Make it. I offer my prayer with this Father for your holy father in Jesus' name that he be you. Amen. God bless you, brother. Now I live Jesus said this word. Mark 11, 24. Very, very, I say to you, if you say to this mountain, be moved, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you have said will come to pass. You can have what you say. You believe it? Amen. All right, and lay your hands on one another. Now your hands. Lay your hands upon each other. Don't doubt. Now, if you say on this mountain, Lord Jesus. Now, while you're praying, I'm praying for a little lady for a little boy. Father God, I pray that you'll grant the healing of a little boy. Now lay hands upon you, please, Jesus, and it shall be done. And I put my faith with his loved one here upon your altar. May he recover, Lord, 
he was ready to display and to conquer with what little he had to conquer with. And he was with him. Lord, I'm coming after these sheep tonight. They've been sick. I've obeyed your commandments. You showed your presence. Your willingness. You've healed with cards and out cards. Showing that you're here. You never failed. You're the omnipresent God. And I'm coming to challenge the devil that would keep them behind the sound barrier. 